This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for January 29, 2012. The Gospel is taken from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. The message is by Father Rick Bowser. Good morning, St. Andrews. Good morning. Every fifth Sunday, the lot falls to me to preach. And the lectionary scriptures that are appointed for the day I really don't have any control over, and so I'm going to be going to be preaching uh, from the lectionary scriptures from Deuteronomy and Psalm, from Corinthians and Mark. But I have to tell you, I'm always a little troubled whenever I find that I'm going to be preaching from Deuteronomy chapter 18, because of as we learned in seminary. When, when a man stands behind the pulpit and speaks the words of God, he is in some ways being prophetic. <clears throat> but if you read Deuteronomy 18, it said, if I don't get it exactly right, <laughs> so, that being said, um, I'm going to attempt to, that's the other thing they taught us in seminary, we're we're to take these scriptures and to the best of our ability try to make them relevant to you and and I in the here and now, in our lives. And I'm going to attempt to do that, um, Liam, I'm going to try to give you like a 10 minute big picture panorama in order to fit these four scriptures into that. And I want to start um, with a uh, with a what if. I say that because um, this isn't necessarily a word directly from God that I'm supposed to give you. So if I don't get it right, I'm going to be okay. (laughs) um, I'm going to start with a what if. Okay? And the what if starts for me at the beginning, which is Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then there's verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, here begins my what if. Because it never quite ever made sense to me that God would create something without form and void. God is perfect. He creates perfectly. And so I have this sneaking suspicion that something happened between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1. That the earth became without form and void. I want to talk about this for a second. I suspect that 
the what the things or what the the events that took place between verse one and two had something to do with what I call the battle before time. The battle before time. The battle before time has to do with Satan's rebellion. Because Jesus said himself in Luke chapter 10 that he saw Satan fall like light from heaven. Because Satan began as an angel of light, as one of God's created beings. And he fell from heaven as a result of this rebellion to earth. When Satan fell, he fell here. Even in, as we read through the, 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 um, the gospel reports from Jesus all the way through, it refers to Satan as being the ruler of this world. It refers to Satan as being the God of this world. As a matter of fact, during the temptation of Christ, when Christ was on the, the, the pillar of the temple and Satan was tempting him with the kingdoms of this world, it was no empty tempt. Evidently, Satan had something to offer in the deal. That the kingdoms of this world belonged in some way to him. And that he was offering Jesus these kingdoms if Jesus would bow down before Satan. In essence, sealing the victory for Satan himself in this battle before time. <clears throat> and then into this scenario, into this place called earth where Satan had fallen, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that this is what we call Satan's domain. That we live, that we exist true within God's created order, but we live and exist in Satan's domain. And that there is a battle that's being waged and has been ongoing since before the creation of this planet as we knew it, as we know it. Which brings me to what I believe are, is the dual purpose for our creation here on this planet. One, relationship and blessing. That's why God creates. He's a God of love. He creates out of his nature of love. He creates for relationship and blessing. But I believe the second aspect of that created order has to do with the reconciliation of this part of God's created order, also known as Satan's domain, back to God. And you see, I have also a sneaking suspicion that Adam knew this. Because it says that Adam walked with God. We don't know how long he walked with God in the garden. Could have been an afternoon. Could have been a thousand years. We don't know for sure. But we do know that there was a communication between the two of them. We do know that into this scenario came the serpent. Now, many people puzzle over where did the serpent come from? Where did evil come from? Where did all this start? And I'm suggesting... 
He didn't come from anywhere. We came into his domain. That we were created on this planet for a reason of relationship and blessing, but also as a reconciling agent. Reconciling this part of God's created order back to himself, which is in rebellion. I believe Adam knew the ramifications of the two trees. I think he knew the ramifications of partaking of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, and also the tree of life. But Adam, as we know, joined the rebellion. Satan wanted to usurp God's throne. He wanted to thought himself equal with God. And in essence, that ended in rebellion. He enlisted Adam and Eve, God's created reconciling agents, in this battle. Remember what he said, hath God said? Remember what he said, that the reason that God doesn't want you to eat of that tree, the reason he doesn't want you to know all these things, because then you'll be equal with him which is what Satan himself wanted to be. And evidently, that rang a chord in Adam. And as a result of Adam's joining Satan in that rebellion, we have the fall of man. Now, from time to time, when I think about this particular aspect of it, I remember the the miniseries Roots. You remember the miniseries Roots? It was on some time ago. Well, there's one of my favorite characters in that series was a fellow by the name of Chicken George. I don't know if you remember Chicken George. But uh, Chicken George was a pretty clever guy, and he, he figured out how to survive in the system in which he found himself. And everyone forget one scene where he had organized, I think, the, the, um, the running away or the leaving of one of the slaves. And then the owners found out about it, and they ended up there trying to take the slaves back. And then Chicken George shows up with a shotgun in his hand, and he says to the guy, he says, a man's always got to have his backup plan. (laughs) And so sometimes they think maybe what this whole business after the fall had to do with God's backup plan. Because Adam was God's original plan. That was his plan for reconciliation was Adam himself and that didn't work now I don't think really it was a backup plan probably God has his ways are bigger and greater than mine so I don't quite understand but I do know this that for the next few thousand years God initiated and connected in a covenant way with a number of individuals and peoples but he connected with, for example, creating a covenant with Noah or, and Abraham, and through him, Isaac, Jacob, and ultimately the nation of Israel, with Moses, with David, and ultimately through David, the Messiah, who came to reconcile this planet. But I believe that each one of these individuals, from Noah to the Messiah, were reconciling agents, part of God's plan to reconcile this planet back to himself. But they came into this conflict. They came into a battle, and if you'll recall, from Noah to Jesus, there was conflict. 
And then we read in 1 Corinthians 15, even that Jesus himself is referred to as the second Adam. That Adam's the first reconciling agent, his responsibility to reconcile this planet back to himself, joined the rebellion and ultimately God himself came in the form of Christ as that reconciling agent. And finally, the covenant, the reconciling covenants that God had initiated with us culminates in what we call the church. That we are ultimately God's final plan to reconcile this planet back to himself. In other words, you and I were created not just for relationship and blessing, but for reconciliation. That's the reason we're here. So, let's go back to our electionary scriptures for the day. <clears throat> See if they, how they begin, we can begin to understand them in light of what I'm suggesting. In Deuteronomy chapter... <coughs> 18, we read that the people, the people, the children of Israel said to God or said to Moses, said to God through Moses, look, we have experienced a direct relationship and contact with the creator of this universe, and he's scaring us to death. As a matter of fact, we're afraid if we do have much contact with him, we are going to die. So, maybe you could lighten up a little bit. You know, send a prophet. Send somebody like one of us who can talk to us about all that. God said, well, actually, you know, you're right about that. You're actually all right about that. And so he did. He sent his prophets. And we have the whole history of God's prophetic words to us through his anointed prophets. But interestingly enough, this was, this time, you know, when, when we're talking about Deuteronomy 18, probably about the last time that we saw the whole smoke and fire thing on this planet. Until, evidently, Acts chapter 2. That was, they called it fire, tongues of fire, and those kinds of things. But that's the last time between then and now that we saw God's literal intervention, His presence coming in power on, into our world and our planet. However, ever since Acts chapter 2, we've been trying to spiritualize, metaphorize, rationalize the whole fire thing and the God intervention thing the point of what we call dispensationalism, where, yes, God does connect with us at different points in time, but he doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> and, you know, for all intents and purposes, we mostly live that way. We live as if God doesn't intervene anymore. And then in Psalm 111, it says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Fear in the sense of awe and wonder. Can you imagine what it was like for those Israelites being there at Mount Sinai, seeing the smoke and the fire? Can you imagine what it was like for the people in Acts chapter 2 being there in Jerusalem, seeing the smoke and the fire? Can you imagine the awe and the wonder about who God is? And that's what he says. That's the beginning of wisdom. 
That's the beginning of our connection and understanding of him. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 talks about their, the sacrificing of, uh, eating of food being sacrificed to idols. Where does all that fit into what we're talking about? Well, Jesus said in, Acts, or excuse me, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, there is no such thing as an idol. You may raise up these things. You may carve these images from your own hands. You may you know, worship yourself in essence. Although there is such things as gods and lords, but they're small G's. They're small G's. There's only one capital G. And he's in charge. And whatever you do as a result of eating food, sacrificed idols, whatever has come and result, is, is a result of that, is the connection or the involvement with small g's. See, small g's never created anything. Small g's only imitate the capital G. What power they have is by his permission. And his God through Christ who has freed us from the law. But we have to be careful with our freedom. And then in Matthew... Chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. Jesus encounters in a synagogue this man who is possessed by a small g. This is the battle right there. Spiritual warfare, whatever you want to call it, that Jesus encounters in Matthew chapter 1. And the, 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 the demon who is... By the way, I have... Again, this is... What if? Not necessarily on authority from God, but I recall from Scripture that when Satan was cast out of heaven and when he fell, he took a third of the angels with him. I suspect this was one of them. Uh, this one particularly seems a little measly to me, but, but not, not all of them are. Some of them have more power than others. And this one says... Jesus, what are you doing here? Are you come to destroy us? Because we know that in the end, you win this battle. We know in the end, we lose. So, are you here now to end it all and destroy us? Jesus said, be quiet. Be quiet for now. And leave that man alone. Come out of him. Leave him alone. And everybody's amazed. Everybody's just blown away that this, this demon, this spirit being, was obedient and under the authority of Jesus himself. And my point is this. Our presence on this planet is no accident. We live in a world where Satan, whose domain it is, Roams about seeking whom he may devour. We, through faith in Christ and his redemption on the cross, have chosen sides. We're here this morning because we've chosen sides. And we've decided not to join the rebellion, but we've decided to be called the children of God. And in so doing, we have become 
agents of reconciliation. Like our father, Noah, and Abraham, and Moses, and David, and the Israelites, we are grafted in Israelites. That's who we are as agents of God's plan for reconciliation on this planet. And not only that, Jesus said to us, all authority that's been given to me on this earth as the Son of God, I now give to you. You have the same authority. You have the same authority as an ambassador of Christ. Ambassadors represent, and they have power to represent who they are sent by. Let me read for you 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, beginning of verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world back to himself, not counting our trespasses and our sins against us, meaning the rebellion, the sighting, the choosing He's not going to count that against us. It's okay. It's covered. Blood of Christ. Not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made us. He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we may become the righteousness of God himself. Amen. You were just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew 